Welcome to episode one of the Buckets Mentality Podcast. It's going to be a new podcast. I'm going to be doing a whole new channel, whole new setup. I know a lot of you guys are coming from my Instagram. If you don't follow it already, follow at Bucket Center on Instagram, at Bucket Center one on Twitter. These are going to be shorter episodes. We're just going to be talking about the various topics around the NBA circle. We're going to be talking about player rankings, team rankings, a bunch of different things here on this podcast. I'm going to be coming on here more animated at times, ranting about certain things. Uh, But let's get this one started. We're going to be talking in this episode about team rankings. We're going to be talking about Lakers, the Clippers, the Bucks, the Sixers. We're going to be talking about the top teams in the league, how I feel about them, my predictions in the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference, who's going to win the championship, all of that stuff on the first episode. We're diving right into the juicy, juicy. And for me, the 2020, 2020, 2020, the 2020 NBA Finals will come down to one of four teams. It will come down to the Lakers, the Sixers, the Bucks, or the Clippers. And the reason I say this is because they're so clearly the top teams in their conference. I think one of those four teams is going to be coming out of either side of the conference and the Lakers and the Clippers, the two LA teams, we know what happened to them this off season. LeBron James gets finally another superstar on his squad with Anthony Davis. They also did some things with the rotation guys like Danny green. They brought back JaVale McGee, KCP list goes on and on brought in Avery Bradley. Um, They brought in Dwight Howard after the whole DeMarcus cousins thing, which we'll get into later because I think the DeMarcus cousins thing is bigger than a lot of people really think it was. And then the Clippers, obviously, they went out and got the finals MVP in Kawhi Leonard. They also got a dude that was top three in MVP, top three in defensive player of the year in Paul George. And they brought back Beverly, gave him a nice little contract. They still got Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell. And they brought in Tyron Lue to be the assistant coach uh, for Doc Rivers. Obviously, the Lakers brought in Frank Vogel. They got Jason Kidd. They got guys on their staff. And at this point in time, with the Warriors losing Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson being out with ACL for about half the year, Uh, The Warriors are not the same juggernaut that they used to be. I mean, Denver's a good team. They've got a little bit better. Adding Jeremy Grant, they got some playoff experience. They're going to continue to have chemistry and continuity. The Utah Jazz, they added Mike Conley. They added Bojan Bogdanovich. Um, And their bench is is pretty solid as well to go along with Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, uh, Joe Ingles. They've got a little squad right there. The Houston Rockets added a superstar. Um, They traded away Chris Paul. They brought in a guy in Russell Westbrook who's dynamic, who can take some of the ball handling, playmaking responsibilities away from Harden, especially in the regular season. So you look at it from that perspective, the West is absolutely loaded. You still got Portland, a team that went to the Western Conference Finals. They are still bringing back Dame and CJ. They made a lot of other moves to their roster. Guys like Hassan Whiteside are in there. Nurkic is going to take a while to get back from his injury. Uh, Brought in guys like Kent Bazemore. Um, so, so they're going to be an interesting team to watch out. San Antonio is still there. You got younger teams on the rise, like the Pelicans and the Dallas Mavericks, uh, who are going to make things interesting trying to fight for the Western conference playoff spot. Sacramento still in there, but at the end of the day, to me, it's the two Los Angeles teams. It's the two players that have a case for best player on the planet right now, Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James going at it in the Western conference finals. That's how I see this playing out at the end of the day. Uh, Anthony Davis is going to be no slouch himself. He's a superstar, uh, and he's going to do big things. I do think the Lakers have the best duo in the entire league, and I don't think it's that close. 
I mean, Paul George is great, but he's no Anthony Davis. He's not even in the same realm as Anthony Davis. So from, from let's just say his scoring perspective, he's just way more efficient. He's taller. Uh, he's stronger. He, he can post up better. Uh, defensively, I'll take him. He's more versatile. He can switch out onto the perimeter, but he also can rim protect, which is extremely valuable when you're talking about team defense uh, in a five-on-five sport. Paul George is great on the ball. He's great in the passing lanes, uh, but he's not quite Anthony Davis, even on the defensive side of the ball, in my opinion. Uh, so you bring him. You got LeBron James, who's been the best player on the planet for a decade, and finally people because he missed the playoffs, because he had injuries, people were like, okay, maybe someone else is the best player on the planet. But I think LeBron James will prove that he's the best player on the planet next season, although I'm ready to give that title to Kawhi Leonard right now after what he did in the playoffs. So I think Kawhi and LeBron is pretty much a toss-up right now. But Anthony Davis is definitely a better basketball player than Paul George. Uh, Paul George, if I'm doing tiers, and, and we'll get into this in the next episode about my player rankings or whatever, but if I'm doing tiers of superstars, Davis is in my tier two. Paul George would be in my tier three. LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard are both in tier one. So I think the Lakers have the best duo in the league. But, I mean, it is a five-on-five sport. It's a team sport. Death matters. Coaching matters. Those other things matter, which is why I give the edge to the Los Angeles Clippers, at least right now. I think the Lakers have a higher ceiling because of their duo and maybe what Dwight Howard could come in and be. We don't know what he's going to be for this team. Guys like Danny Green, Rondo, we don't know what we're going to get from him. There's a lot of question marks. There's a lot of new faces. There's a new coaching staff. There's a lot of question marks with the Los Angeles Lakers. And right now, I feel safer if I'm a betting man. I'm betting on the Los Angeles Clippers right now. Betting on Doc Rivers. They got Tyron Lewis, an assistant coach. What Jerry West has already been able to do in the front office, they seem like the more stable organization right now. And Kawhi Leonard, I literally saw him last year have a finals MVP run. I saw him bring the city of Toronto an NBA championship, which I never thought I was going to see. I saw him go out there and outplay Giannis Antetokounmpo in a seven-game series, the MVP of the league, a guy that I was almost ready to crown. And I, and I did crown up to that point the best player on the planet throughout all the regular season and through a round, round and a half of the playoffs. Kawhi came in and shut that down along with some help. Obviously, it wasn't just him, but but he was the driving force of that. I just saw that. And last year, I saw LeBron James miss the playoffs. I saw LeBron James face his biggest injury of his career. So at this point in time, I'm looking at Kawhi Leonard. I'm looking at what Paul George was doing last year. Anthony Davis obviously sat out a lot of games due to the whole wanting out of New Orleans. and He was on minutes restrictions and things like that. You, you have Patrick Beverly, you have Lou Williams, you have a core group of guys. Yes, I know they lost Shea and Danielle Gallinari, but you have a core group of guys who took multiple games off of a fully healthy Golden State Warriors squad in the playoffs. They have that experience. They made the playoffs last year without both of their superstars. The Lakers did not make the playoffs with LeBron James. So, and a lot of that's a testament to coaching in different situations. It wasn't just LeBron that got hurt too for the Lakers, a lot of other pieces, but those moving parts are going to be a factor in this equation. And the Clippers have a lot less moving parts. They still have guys like Shamit, Beverly, Lou Williams, Montrez, Harrell. They have two of the top six men in the entire league on their roster. So you have a duo of elite top tier superstars in your starting lineup, and then you have a duo of elite six men coming off your bench. So the Clippers right now just seem to be the best team. Uh, and at this point in time, I would take them in a tough contested seven game series um, just because they have the advantage 
when it comes to their depth, their coaching, their chemistry, uh, their wings. They literally have the best perimeter defender at the point guard position, at the shooting guard position, at the small forward position. If you're telling me the lineup out there is Pat Bev at the one, Paul George at the two, and Kawhi at the three, they just lock it down defensively on the perimeter. So that's going to be really tough for these guards in the Western Conference to have to deal with, these wing players. The Lakers' one advantage, though, is there are a lot of big men. LeBron James may be running some point guard. We don't really know what the rotation is going to look like, but LeBron could be running point at, what, 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, Anthony Davis the Clippers really don't have an answer for a guy as big as Anthony Davis. They have Zubats and Harold solid, but they don't have an answer for Davis. And if Dwight Howard can be a double-double machine, you don't have an answer for that either. So that's the one major advantage in addition to the star power that I see for the Los Angeles Lakers, their size, um, their play initiators too. The one thing I worry about with the Clippers is when it comes down to it late in games, who's the offense going to be run through? Because Lou Williams is the one true playmaker I really see on this roster. A guy that can set up others as well as create for himself. He's been the go-to closer for the Clippers for several years now. And yes, I know Kawhi Leonard's a better closer and we saw him close all these big time playoff games. But I still think a lot of the time in order to create for himself or others, Doc Rivers and the Clippers are going to trust the ball to be in Lou Williams' hands. So I think that's going to be an interesting dynamic uh, when it comes down to who's taking the last shot, who's creating for others, is everyone going to have the wealth spread around like they did? Because, I mean, they they had a light version of that last year with Tobias Harris and Danielle Gallinari. Those guys were not really setting up for others, but they were both wing players that could each get 18 to 20 points on a given night, and that seemed to be fine. So it will be a similar dynamic just on steroids with better basketball players. Um, but I'm interested to see if the egos and everything – are going to be fine. I have no reason to believe that they won't, uh, but those are just some things I'm going to be looking at for the Clippers. But yeah, to me, they seem like the best team in the Western Conference. I'm not counting out LeBron James. I'm obviously a LeBron James Lakers fan. I want to see the Lakers win. I want to see LeBron James get his fourth ring. But at this point in time, I think the Clippers are the better basketball team. But it's, it's not saying I'm counting out LeBron James and Anthony Davis, the best duo uh, in the entire league. The rest of the Western Conference, I think the Warriors are the dark horse team. I'm not counting them out, but I'm also not counting them in because of Klay Thompson's injury. Because... We, we got to see how D'Angelo Russell and Steph Curry mesh. I do think they're going to be a good duo. Uh, I think they're actually, to me, <laughs> the best backcourt in the NBA. Russell Westbrook and James Harden, like if you combine their talent, Russell Westbrook is, is a lot better than D'Angelo Russell. Uh, Steph Curry is also a good amount better than James Harden, but the gap between Steph and Harden is definitely closer than the gap between Russell Westbrook and D'Angelo Russell. But I think the chemistry, both of those guys being able to shoot, the system that they're going to be in, and, and just how valuable Steph Curry is both on and off the ball, I'd rather have Steph Curry and D'Angelo Russell. I'm just going to be honest. And then you bring back Klay Thompson, you bring in Draymond Green, uh, they their bench is going to be a little bit of concern. I wonder how they're going to be defensively. I don't think this is a great regular season team, but I think it's a very, very scary, dangerous playoff team that you don't want to face. They're going to be a second-round team. I could see them being a Houston Rockets if they matched up in the series. I could see them beating the Utah Jazz, the Denver Nuggets, uh, teams like that. Any team but the two teams in L.A., I think the Golden State Warriors could take in a best-out-of-seven series. Um, but the Houston Rockets, they're going to be good as well. Uh, a really good regular season team. You know how hard those guys, James Harden and Russell Westbrook, go in the regular season. 
Um, but but in the playoffs, I do think they're going to struggle. I think they'll be able to play a little bit off of each other. Russell Westbrook being the primary ball handler, the playmaker, because he can't really shoot or space the floor. He can't really play off ball. I think Harden's going to be forced to play off ball. He's going to be forced to be more of a scorer. Uh, and his rebounding and his assists are going to go down, but he's still going to be getting buckets out there. They've got shooters finally around Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook fans always tell me, like, the excuse for him is he hasn't had shooting. He hasn't had coaching. A lot of these things that y'all say he hasn't had, he's going to have it now at the Houston Rockets. So if there was any time for Russell Westbrook to prove all the haters and doubters uh, wrong, it would be this season. So, I'm looking forward to seeing that team play. I'm going to be having them on lead pass all the dang time. Uh, so I want to see how that that squad works. But I don't really see them being a second-round team unless maybe they played like a Utah or a Denver or something. Uh, I can see them potentially beating them. But Golden State and the two L.A. teams, I don't see it. Uh, now, Denver and Utah, I think they're going to be excellent regular season teams. In fact, I think the Utah Jazz are going to be the three seed in the Western Conference. I think Denver is actually going to be the number one overall seed uh, in the Western Conference just because they have the most chemistry and continuity. They're not really going to have to go through the growing phase that the Lakers are going to have to go through. Uh, the Rockets are going to have to go through. The Golden State Warriors are going to have to go through. And to a lesser extent, the Los Angeles Clippers are going to have to go through. They really are just adding Jeremy Grant. Uh, and potentially Michael Porter Jr. at Bull Bull. We don't know about those guys, if they're going to be healthy, if they're going to be able to contribute right away. Uh, so that would be something interesting to think about. But they got Jokic back, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, the whole gang. They just added Jeremy Grant. They got a guy that's an excellent coach. Um, I just think the Denver Nuggets are going to be the best regular season team. I don't think it's going to translate to the playoffs. They'll win like a round in the playoffs again. Um, but they're going to be an excellent regular season team, just like they were last year, in my opinion. Um, but I'm not too scared of them when it comes to the seven-game series, just with all the other star power in the Western Conference. Similar deal with Portland. Like, I don't think they're really going to go anywhere next year, just because I think they kind of capped out, and they got lucky because the Houston Rockets had to play the Golden State Warriors in the second round. And they got bailed out in that game seven by C.J. McCollum. Because honestly, the Denver Nuggets, to me, were the better basketball team. I think they would have given the Golden State Warriors a little bit more of a run for their money. Uh, they still would have lost uh, pretty handily and maybe would have got swept as well. Um, but I, I do think that the Blazers, yeah, they just really lucked into the Western Conference Finals. They're a good team. They're a playoff team. They're a solid team. Uh, but I don't see them being a team that has even home court advantage. Uh, in the Western Conference playoffs next year. I see them being a first-round exit, but Dame and CJ are going to continue to do their thing. Both top 25 players, both studs, one of the best backcourts in the league. Uh, Nurkic, I'd love to see him get back and impact that team. So, I mean, that's that's really Portland. Nothing too significant. San Antonio, I can't count them out just because of Greg Popovich, and they got two solid star players. Um, the, with their games not really translating well to the modern NBA with a lot of the mid-range jumpers that they take. But Pop finds a way. They've got a good squad. they got DeJounte Murray coming back. He's going to be big for them on both ends of the floor. Uh, so and Derek White's getting a more experience with Team USA. So Spurs will be a playoff team, even though I'd prefer to see a team like the New Orleans Pelicans with Zion Williamson, uh, with my man Lonzo Ball and some of those other guys they got, Drew Holiday. Um, I'd love to see them. I'd love to see the Dallas Mavericks, Luka Doncic, Kristaps Porzingis. I'd love to see the Kings with De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley. I just think those teams are just. They're almost there. They're on the brink, but they're not going to be quite there with just how good the Western Conference is. They can make the playoffs in the East, 
but not in the Western Conference with how good the West is. So for me, the standings, I got Denver at the one seed, Clippers at the two seed. I got the Jazz at the three seed. I got Houston being a four seed. Even though I think the Lakers are going to be a top two team come playoff time, I think they're going to struggle a little bit with with the new coaching change, with all the other pieces and stuff, the load management, everything. The, the circus is going to happen for the Lakers in the regular season. I have them finishing fifth, but I still have them going to the Western Conference Finals. I got the Warriors at six, and again, I think they're going to still be the third best team in the conference at the end of the day, but I just think they're going to struggle a little bit in the regular season. I got Portland at seven, and the San Antonio Spurs at eight. Moving on to the East, to me, it's a two-team race. At least these teams don't play in the same city. Uh, but it's going to be between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Philadelphia 76ers. And for a lot of reasons why I picked the Clippers, I'm going to take the Milwaukee Bucks here. And I just saw Giannis come off of an MVP season. Uh, yeah, he did get shut down a little bit down the stretch in the Raptors series, but it was still an overall very impressive series. He has gotten better literally every single year of his career. So I have no reason to believe that he won't be getting even better uh, next season. They did have some big losses uh, with Nikola Mirotic and Malcolm Brogdon. I think this team is a lot worse than they were last year, but I still think they're good enough to make the finals. Um, and the Philadelphia 76ers got worse as well, losing Jimmy Butler in the closer. They're going to have to figure out that situation. Um, but this is also a team that may be more successful just because Toronto doesn't have Kawhi Leonard anymore. Like all of these teams in the East, the Celtics don't have Kyrie now, Horford anymore. So the East they're, they're going to be better because the East is worse. Uh, that's how I'll put it. But they still have a great squad. Al Horford is versatile. Uh, they brought in Josh Richardson, which is a really good replacement for Jimmy. Like if they needed to get some value for him because he was gone. Josh Richardson is a big-time pickup. They still brought back Tobias Harris. Ben Simmons, I expect him to take another jump. They got Joel Embiid, one of the best centers in the entire league. So they're going to be really scary defensively. They're versatile, and they have the players the personnel that really is going to make things difficult for Giannis. The paint's going to be clogged. They're, they're going to really, they built their team pretty much to stop Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks. But why do I think the Milwaukee Bucks are still going to win this series at the end of the day? I just think the star power of Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to be a factor. And as good as Joel Embiid is, I just don't think he's anywhere near the level of Giannis Antetokounmpo as a basketball talent. And then you talk about, Chris Middleton, who's a solid all-star, uh, he can space the floor, he can defend. Um, you still got Eric Bledsoe, he's, he's super shaky and unreliable in the playoffs, but he's a pretty good regular season player, actually a really good regular season player, he's a first-team all-defense player. Um, I expect him to be a little bit better in the postseason, hopefully. Um, they got Brooke Lopez, who's a guy that's become literally the best stretch five in, in the entire league, and he's a, literally a three and D stretch five which is which is super insane because he used to be a dominant postman uh, but he's really transitioned and he's adjusted to the modern nba and he's a really good player mike budenholzer gives him a huge coaching advantage over brett brown who i still don't trust uh, as a head coach they've got the chemistry they've got the depth even though their depth has been compromised severely um they do have guys like kyle corver they still got sterling brown they brought in wesley matthews um, they, they still got Pat Connington, George Hill. Uh, so, I mean, they still got, they got Lopez's brother, Robin. Uh, they got Giannis's brother as well. So the Bucks are going to have the chemistry and the depth. Uh, the Sixers have a great starting five and, and maybe a better starting five than the Milwaukee Bucks. But at the end of the day, I just think the overall team from top to bottom, 
if I had to say which one I trust more, it's the Bucks. Who has the higher ceiling? Definitely the Philadelphia 76ers, just like it was with the Lakers. I think it's very, it's, it's really parallel in both of these conferences. The Lakers and the Sixers have the highest ceiling out of any team in their conference. Like that, if everything goes to plan, if everyone reaches their max potential, that's your NBA Finals. But to me, if I'm a betting man, I'm going to bet safe and I'm going to look at what I see for both conferences, I'm taking the Bucks and the Clippers, the teams with coaches, the teams with depth, chemistry, and the star power to go along with it. So they've got all those factors, and I just trust them more at this point in time. It could change as the season goes on, but that's what I'm looking at right now when I look at those teams. So my Eastern Conference standings, I think the Bucks are going to be the one seed. I think the Sixers are going to be the two seed. I think Indiana uh, is going to be a three seed. I think people are sleeping on Indiana a little bit. Once Victor Oladipo comes back, as long as he's 100% healthy, I like their additions of guys like Jeremy Lamb, um, Malcolm Brogdon coming in there, TJ Warren. They still have Miles Turner, DeBontis Sabonis. I think this is going to be a really scary Indiana Pacers team at three. Boston, I think they may be not as good as a lot of people think. They definitely got worse. A lot of Celtics fans are trying to pretend that they got better and, and, and hyping up guys like Anis Cantor. I like the young talent. I like the draft picks that they had, bringing in guys like Carson Edwards and Grant Williams. I think those guys are going to be impact players. They got Romeo Langford as well. Kemba Walker's a solid player. Jason Tatum could take a jump. Jalen Brown's solid. Gordon Hayward could maybe be solid. They've got some talent. But the reason I think this team is going to be around the same as they were last year in terms of record, in terms of how well they're going to be in the playoffs, is not because they're as good as they were last year. It's simply because the Eastern Conference got worse. And, and that's just the reality of the situation. And the Celtics are one of those teams that got worse, losing their best, uh, most versatile big man defender in Al Horford and losing their superstar in Kyrie. As much as you want to spin it, Kemba Walker is not a superstar. He's a really good player. He's a top 25 player. He's a top five point guard, but he's not a superstar uh, level player. He's gonna He can approximate a lot of the things that Kyrie does, uh, and he can maybe be a better chemistry guy. Maybe they gel better with Kemba, who is coming into a situation where guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have more, have, they've done more winning in their career. They have more of a resume in the playoffs than Kemba Walker does. Kyrie Irving is literally a dude that came off of hitting the shot of shots in game seven of the NBA finals. He was an NBA champion when he came to Boston. So that's that's kind of the difference of the clash. Kemba can't come in there. And, and you wouldn't after everything that came in with Kyrie and be like, I'm the man. Like Kemba, yeah, you're the best player, definitely. Uh, and hopefully Tatum doesn't come in there acting like he's the man. But you you have some ways to, to go as building your playoff resume and learning what it takes to win in the postseason. Kyrie Irving was already able to do that and prove that. Um, I've got the Brooklyn Nets finishing at five. Again, all of this is assuming that Kevin Durant's out for the entire year um, with his Achilles injury. I hope he's he's back and, and back to being 100% the same Kevin Durant that we're used to seeing. But even without him, I still think this Brooklyn Nets team is really good. Guys like Karis LeVert. Uh, Spencer Dewitty is going to be huge for them off the bench. They got Jared Allen. They got Joe Harris. They got DeAndre Jordan. They've got some solid pieces on the squad. Kenny Atkinson's a really solid coach. I think Kyrie's going to have a bounce back year, even though his stats were damn near career highs across the board last year. Uh, I still think he's just going to have 
uh, he's going to be viewed in a better light with Brooklyn, uh, being able to actually have his own team for a year and not really having to to deal with these young players that people hype up way more than they actually deserve to be hyped up. I think these Brooklyn Nets players know their role a lot better than most Celtics players do. At six, we've got the defending champion Toronto Raptors. Uh, Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, I still think this is going to be a solid group, a dangerous group in the playoffs. Um, but, but in the regular season, I don't see them being too much. And I do see them continue to be a first round exit in the playoffs. Um, but, but yeah, nothing much to say about this team. They're feeling high off their championship. They're still going to come out and compete, but just without Kawhi Leonard, it's just not going to be the same. Jimmy Butler went to the Miami heat. I think that's the reason the heat are going to be in the playoffs. Uh, they got Bam, they got Goran Drazi, Justice Winslow. Eric Spolster is a hell of a coach. I think the Miami heat find a way to get into the playoffs and, I'm putting Orlando over the Detroit Pistons. I know Detroit just added Joe Johnson. I know they got Derrick Rose. They've got some pieces, but I still like this Orlando Magic group with Nick Vucevic, Jonathan Isaac, uh, Aaron Gordon. Uh, what they're building in Orlando, I think it's something solid. It's the brightest they've really looked since the whole Dwight Howard thing. Uh, they're not really going to go anywhere as a team, but I think they'll be a playoff team. Uh, I think the tiers of these teams in the East, you, you got the Bucks. And you got the Sixers at the top of things. I think Indiana, Boston, Brooklyn, and Toronto are all kind of on the same level with teams like Miami, Orlando, Detroit looking on the outside in of that. Um, so, so I think it's going to be interesting in the East. Obviously, the East is nowhere near the West when it comes to talent uh, and the rosters. But it will still be cool to see uh, what happens in that conference. Thank you guys so much for listening to this first episode. I'm going to be doing these uh, fairly often when there's big news or rumors or things I want to rant about. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm out. Peace.